Hello and welcome to the Big C Church Podcast, where we have challenging conversations to better the body. I'm your host, Dr. Angie Ward. Um, I, my guest today is my friend, Terry Ishi. Um, Terry is the executive director of Forge America. He's been with Forge for over 10 years, um, but now he's executive director. So as part of that broadly, he's just kind of cultivating missional leaders around the country and abroad. And um, as part of that, he is also host of the Forge America podcast, co-host with Alan Bradford of the Co Forge America podcast, which I think is where um, we first got connected, Terry. So, um, That's correct. And I told you this before uh, we hit record, but Terry, you are my very first recording for the Big C Church podcast. You may not be my first release. We'll figure all that out later. Yeah, you want to tuck me way, way mid-season when... Right, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, uh, I am just delighted that you're the first person and I picked you as my first person because... Um, I thought one, you're a professional, you're a professional podcasting no, professional, not at all. Yeah. but, um, so you understand how this works from the other side of things, but also as a friend and in the short time we've known each other, you've just become a deeply valued friend and brother to me. And I feel like I'm safe with you if something mm. goes wrong on this. And I feel like we can always just talk forever. And so most of the time we're either on zoom or like, or this type of thing, or we're at a conference and we have just a little time to kind of grab dinner and catch up. So yeah. this time it's us just talking, but with record hit. So thank you, Terry. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm honored. And I feel the same. Uh, you have just, I, I think the world of you and uh, I love your writing, your thought leadership. And, and again, just your friendship uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, I've, you, you are our high, most repeat podcast guest on the Forge America Missional Podcast. You're you're one away, Angie, from being a five-time I know. I'm like guest, the Alec Baldwin right? and Steve Martin of Saturday Night That's Live. Right. I know. I'm waiting for That's my right. shirt or whatever a special honor I'm going to yeah, get. Yeah, we'll get you a nice little uh, smoking jacket. And, yes, yeah, smoking jacket. Yeah, that's what, yeah. that's what I need, a smoking that's jacket. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, Tara, I said uh, when we were communicating about this, I want to talk with you about the idea of loaded terms or like um, how we, a lot of times discover that we're using the same words with people that we're talking with about church and ministry and leadership, but we're really coming at it from different dictionaries That's right. Um, and the impact that comes. And I first got introduced to this when I was in my PhD program. And by the way, I, you know this, I introduced myself as your host, Dr. Angie Ward, but you know, we're Angie and Terry, right? Yeah, that's right. Just, just making that's sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in my doctoral program, I learned about it in research, how there's words you have assumptions about, but in like my dissertation, uh, I had to, ex you know, oh, that may mean something different to the person who's reading or who doesn't, who's not familiar with that term. Um, and, so, and so that's where I first became aware of it. And then I started seeing, oh, I'm seeing this in at play a mm. lot of places in ministry and in conversation, even, even with um, family marrying into a, a Southern family and me coming from the Midwest, like we just understood diff things differently. So where did you first, do you have any recollection of how this first became an awareness for you? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. There are a couple of different spots um, that I've experienced that sort of thing. One inside the church and one outside the church. Okay. Uh, outside the church, it happened super young. I, I remember when I was in middle school, about to go to high school, 
And uh, I grew up in inner city Houston and um, <clears throat> spent tons of time. I was, did lots of athletics and enjoyed that. And then when I got sent out to the country, uh, I remember showing up for football practice and they would use this language. They would say certain things. And I'm like, okay, I, I know that word, but the way that you say that word does not make sense. Right. Yeah. And so that, that was the first time I got where people say things and use words that have these different meanings. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what you mean when you use that word in this context. So that was my first, like, cause it's a contextualization problem, right? It's yeah. context. It's yeah. using the word in a context. Uh, so people, cultures all change the, the context of a word. But I didn't really, I mean, I was a stupid kid. I don't know. I don't, I don't, right. I don't even really like, think whatever. about it. It's yeah. like, well, this is football. You I'm know, just the outsider, whatever. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, when I became a pastor, all of a sudden I was like, oh, language matters. Like mm -hmm. there's language matters. And I remember uh, my wife, we were just having this conversation uh, the other day. We, we were doing a, a grant proposal and we were looking at, she's she's a English uh, uh she's an English genius. So she got her degree in literature and all of these sorts of things. And so she was doing the proofing and she came across a word and she's like, this word, you're using it as a verb and this word's not a verb. And I'm like, well, in our world, it's a verb because we say it all the time. <laughs> right. It's like, no. And she's like, that's so weird. And she was like, yeah, you always say like low hanging fruit In education. We don't say that. Like no one talks about low hanging fruit. Like, what do you mean when you say low hanging fruit? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. It's low hanging fruit. It's like just easy to grab, you know? And, yeah. and so it's, it, it just reminds me even from like, we live in the same household and yeah. but she's in an education world. I'm in a ministry world and these terms just came to seem, seem to kind of pass us. And so I am fascinated when I'm in the church world and, and it could be, sometimes it's denominations, but sometimes it's just age, you know, different generations and someone will say something and, and, and there are some words that are the, maybe words that someone's trying to recapture, uh, maybe it's in kind of an older word, ancient word. And it's like, oh, that's, that's dated. But then sometimes you just throw a word like mission. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, what do you, when you say mission, what do you mean? Because when I say mission, I mean this. Yeah. And it, it, it is nuts. It is really, really, it can be confusing. It can be disorienting. And unfortunately, if you don't take the time to contextualize and really kind of dig into it, it can be harmful. It, it can really hurt people yeah. and put some people in some bad spaces when you don't do the work of understanding each other's culture and language uh, as you talk about some of these terms. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, and let's put a pin in that pin in that as far that piece that you said about, um, how it can be harmful. And let's talk yeah. later about some like examples of that. But you brought such a great point about um, like your wife said, low hanging fruit. And you're like, I don't know. It's just like some of these are so, um, so natural to us or deeply rooted that we're just like, yeah. well, of, duh. I mean, to everybody else, we're just like, of course it means this. And so we have like this deeply held emotional or even theological, like, um, so it's one thing to say, well, we just come at different dictionaries, but then to go like, but mine is, mine's the real one. Mine's the right yeah. one or that's the, right. you know, yeah. the Jesus one, you know? And, that's right. and so that's, I just, I think that's, it's been, can be so powerful. Um, 
Uh, and so like my first example, one of my first that I heard in ministry was, well, not in ministry, not first time in ministry. One of the first I remember was I was a student uh, um, at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is a whole nother story we maybe will talk about some other time, right. right? But um, uh, but I was saying something about how I was, we were, my family and I were seeking to live missionally. That's the one you just talked about, right? And of course, mm. this is your world, missional. And they immediately went, oh, me too. And they meant missionary, mm -hmm. evangelism, converting. And I was like, ah. And then they're like, uh, yeah, well, my family was a missionary for this many years. And I was like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, you know, the people I was talking, like if you and I talk missional, we, we mean one thing and we have an understanding of that, but you yeah. talk about it with other people. And, and for me, so for me, because of that missional, makes me go Ugh, and we've talked about it a little bit mm -hmm. it makes me kind of have this this not a check in my spirit but like what do you mean by that because that's right sometimes in in my church experience and in evangelicals a missional has been conquering for jesus mm. not well let me tell me what when i when you say missional what do you mean by that yeah are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking asking me? Yeah. yeah. So for me, missional is living a sent lifestyle. So it yeah. is the it is so it's the idea that in my everyday being, living, breathing, walking, uh, part of my it's it's an identity thing for me. Mm. It's part of who I am. I am an image bearer of God, uh, created in His image, but I'm also a sent one of that Creator of of Jesus and the Spirit. So when I live my life, I, I'm, I, I live with purpose. I live with a sent purpose. And, yeah. and that purpose is not about recruiting. It's not yeah. about converting. It's about illuminating, revealing the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God, helping people see the king and see the kingdom. Yeah. And I can do that with my words. I can do that with my actions. Um, depending on the level of relationship, I can illuminate them to... Hey, I'm doing this because of this. Or yeah. it could just be like, man, that Terry's a really good guy, right? Yeah. But yeah. again, I'm I, I want the kingdom and the king, um, the the fragrant flourishing of what that looks and smells like, to be evident. And so yeah. that's the purpose in which I live. So I may sent one to do that on behalf of King Jesus and the kingdom come. Yeah, yeah. Fragrant flourishing is not what. I had come to over, you know, many years in, in the church to when I think of mission, missional, mm. it's what I said, you know, it's that we're going to other lands. It's a, um, we, you know, we're, we're, we're conquering Jews, we're winning souls where it's, yeah. it's exclusively about conversion. And it was also kind of a position of power or accomplishment and yeah. even coming. So combine that with my leadership training experience, you know, and education where it's like, uh, the mission driven organization and you have a mission and you have to accomplish, you know, and, and it's almost like a military, That's you know, right. conquest kind of thing. So just you and I as friends and, and brother and sister, like have, you know, came from completely different understandings. And, and even, even though now my head goes, yes, that fragrant flourishing kingdom, you know, that kind of thing. When I hear the word, I still go mm -hmm. and have that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, my background, my, my educational background and all of that, my like wheelhouse is organizational leadership. Yeah. So mission in the context of organizational leadership 
is very different yeah. from mission in regards to like the missio day are missional yeah um and yeah and so even in that world and because I I, I I spent a lot of time helping people wrestle with organizational mission and my sweet spot is helping organizations find alignment in their their organizational mission yeah. what they do who we are and what we do and finding that alignment with the mission of God so yeah. how how can you have so, so those mission two missions mission, mission right? and mission in alignment yeah. so really what what do we do how do we align with what God is already doing what what is yeah. God up to in restoring and putting all things back to the way that he intends for them to be. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that has been super helpful, um, because at a younger age, when I, you know, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 15 and, and at 17, I felt a response to a calling into ministry, mm -hmm. um, Baptist background, all of that. And mission was that very thing. Mission was for the elite you know, Christian seals yeah. who were going to go overseas right. and they were going to do something big. They were going to be the next Hudson Taylor or the yeah. next, you know, the, the, the next Lottie moon or whoever. And, uh, it was, it was reserved for special, special people. And you get to, you get to hear them speak twice a year because they yeah, come on furlough. Conference. That's right. right. They'll be up, you know, and they'll come and Sunday night, we have special guests and all of that. And it was like, wow, God must really, really have put a blessing on them. And so it was, and, and again, a lot of it was like, they were off to faraway places and it was a little bit of, it was the follow-up. So, so much of the original missional, missional work was rooted in colonialism. Yeah. It was like you said, to use the word conquering, it was like, we're going to go conquer. Um, and just like even studying the history of missionary work in Hawaii, Mm. is such a heartbreaking mm. read uh, because so much of it was, we just want you to adapt and do the things that we do. Yeah. And it's funny, you go to Hawaii and you will find, uh, you will find homes built in Hawaii that, that are just ripped right out of colonial Massachusetts. I bet. Wow. It's just so weird. Wow. And it's like, how did that get here? And it's because that those missionaries said, well, this is the right way. Our way is the right way. Yeah. And I'm just so thankful to be influenced and mentored from afar by, you know, individuals like Leslie Newbegin, uh, and more than anyone, you know, Michael Frost, but even through, even beyond Mike, because so much of Michael's work is rooted in the work of David Bosch. Yes. Uh, who's a South African missiologist. Yep who lived, lived, was living during apartheid, very colonial kind of expression of life. So he was so familiar with this idea of colonialism. And he his work is, is a, a really a masterpiece of pulling apart the idea of mission as recruitment conversion to more, no, 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 all God's up to is letting people see how wonderful yeah. He is yeah. that the mission that we get to participate in is just letting people see how awesome God is, Yeah, but it's lost in translation. And yeah. so we say these yeah. words, it's loaded. People have their assumptions and they don't, if, if, if it's not checked, if it's not, if there's not conversation and relationship, which I think is the key, cause that's, what's missing. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Missional. Yeah. I'm all about that. And then they go do their thing and we're two ships passing in the night. Yeah. Or even going different directions. different directions sometimes. Different directions. Yeah. 100%. Well, so 
um, what are some, let's talk about, let's just kind of throw out, what are some other loaded terms that um, you become aware of? I mean, missional is big, obviously, because that's, yeah. that's what you do. That's in your title, <laughs> you know, yeah. in your name. You said one when we were just, you know, you talked about, you said you answered a call that you mm. received a call to ministry. And I would say yeah. the same thing when I was a college student, I felt called to ministry. And you and I both know what that meant. I think we mean vocational that's right. Mission ministry. But I think, I think that's a loaded term that we probably, you know, we in ministry, I'm doing air quotes world, yeah. you know, we're thinking that like that's professional ministry, but really we're like, um, you know, people, well, I'm not in ministry. It's like, well, really we all, all should be, you know, so that that's one of them. Like, are there others that you can think of off the top of your head? Yeah. I, you know, even, even beyond the call to ministry, I think you could go a little more vague and just calling in general, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and that, and that's something, you know, I, my first 12 years of ministry, uh, vocational ministry was steeped in next generation adolescent, uh, kind of ministry. And, just the conversations around, I got to figure out God's calling in my life. Yeah. What's God's unique calling for me? Yeah. And I mean, that is, I mean, just talk about a, a, a box full of kittens. I mean, you're all over the place. You just, they're, they're, I mean, to try to sort what you're thinking and feeling and how do you process and all of that. And so that calling is one that, that always, even to this day, I find that one coming back quite a bit. It's like, yeah. I got to find my calling. And I've got a 17 year old going off to college next year. And so that's something that trying to work through and, you know, and just reminding her that, you know, God's calling is, is there, there is, it's very general and, you know, yeah. God, God is good. As yeah. long as, as long as you're in alignment with him, you can really go do what you want. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of freedom. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking uh, there's a couple, I, I harp on my doctoral students at Denver Seminary and their thesis, they talk about, um, I said, biblical is one. Mm. So who's, who's translation, who's version, who's understanding, yeah. uh, because we have at last count 40,000 plus denominations around the world, all based on their understanding of biblical. Biblical. Yeah. 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 Bible-based. Yeah. No, that's yeah, good. Like, like biblical worldview. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Biblical gospel is another one that I think has become, you know, their understandings. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things in the last, it feels like that word has kind of, not that it's gone underground, um, but it, it had a hot moment, right? Everything was gospel, this and gospel centered and right. all of that probably 10, 15 years ago. And I just, re I remember, you know, I am a seminary dropout. Uh, but, uh, I just remember I was like, I've been in ministry for 15 years and they keep saying this gospel thing and they are, I don't know what you mean by this anymore Yeah, because it was so used in so many different directions. And I remember that was the one where like, i just remember feeling really embarrassed. I was like, okay, I've got to go study this word. What is, what? because people are using it for so many different things. I'm like, yeah, gospel. Yeah. Okay. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. The story it's got, yeah. And then it was just, it was, cause it, it is, that, that might be the most loaded word, even more than mission or missional for me. Yeah. That's the one that I've seen. I mean, people pack in a lot of baggage with that word. Yeah. And that one for sure is 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 a kind of hotbed word for certain denominations or yes. you know, you know 
theological leanings, for sure. you know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, when I, when I hear, uh, you know, um, one of my brothers from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary used gospel, you know, or the gospel coalition. That's a different understanding, yeah. you know, than I've heard from others. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think, let's see, Christian can be another one. I Christian, mean, you yeah. know, it's like, uh, well, this is the, I don't know, just as a, as a, as an adjective for something, you know, it, yeah. it means something. And for some people it's a total turnoff and other people mm -hmm. go, Oh, this means I need to do business with this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 another loaded word, and there's, I'll, I'll give you two, and they're yeah, they're they're really up. related. Um, and they're 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 cringe words for me. That to the point where it's like every time someone says it, I instantly cringe go words. Into, it's a great great way to describe it. Like you just go, yeah. Ew. And it's one of those things where I feel like I have to like I have to I, uh, I have to ask for forgiveness on the back end because I I often without asking permission I go straight into like soapbox you know <laughs> yeah. on it and it and it's the the two Here's words yeah that's right the two words are community Ooh. and fellowship oh tell me more about those yeah well it's just you know what people love using community it's like oh community this oh we got to build community be a community and i think we've just watered the term down so yeah. much it's like okay what what is the purpose of community and and fellowship's the same way you know fellowship you, it can be reduced to we just share a meal together. Yeah, I feel. I, right. When you say fellowship, I picture fellowship hall. That's at right. The church I grew up at, and I I picture really good food, a pitchin' mm -hmm. or a potluck kind of thing. I yeah. mean, it's fun and great, but I don't think it's to what the Bible talks about koinonia. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 even like the idea of community fellowship koinonia, it 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 should speak when we when we study it. It speaks more to a a diatribe of this, this rubbing of, of two mm -hmm. individuals rubbing together. It's the mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. It is, mm -hmm. it, there's purpose, right? And so Alan Hirsch uses the word communitas, right? So yeah. Alan loves these anthropological words and yeah. he ushers them in from an anthropological world into a, a theological world. And then that's, 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 that's another podcast is right, made up exactly. words, right? So not loaded words, <laughs> made up words. We have a podcast on Alan's um, made up that words. Language. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's this idea of shared purpose yeah. relationship community. And so, but you just hear people all the time and they get so excited and they galvanize and rally people around community. And I'm like, but is that just mean we're going to meet on Wednesday nights for, yeah. you know, mediocre appetizers and, you know, a mediocre Bible study? Yeah. You know? like or what, Sunday what, mornings, what we, yeah. just we're parallel spectating. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're, we we share a pew together or we yeah. share a row together. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, 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 we shared 15 words while you got your coffee and I got my coffee in the, right. in the, in the lobby. And then we go in. And yeah. Stuff. But it's like, well, we're a church built on community. I was like, well, really, what do you mean by that? And so yeah. again, it's the watered down ver. I mean, again, it's, it's words, language being watered down to mean something that's not quite maybe what it should mean, or maybe what other people, because I've heard people who have a great, definition of community and they'll speak with community and there and it's and they'll talk about it and at first i'm like oh gosh another you know community i've heard it i'm bored already right. <laughs> but then they'll like unpack it and i'm like okay if that's what you mean by community yeah that's beautiful that's wonderful yeah right? and so yeah well yeah. and like you said sometimes this things are so loaded or they become to some people they're loaded and to others they're empty or devoid or they're just kind of watered down and so mm -hmm. you have one person like you who's going that like, don't mess with that word. 
Like that, yeah. that means something big to me. And you know, that's right. And, yeah. I'm yeah. trying other, other, other I, to like, I've got are, another one. Yeah. Go. And, go and this one I'm, I, you know, Hey, you got to make fun of yourself. You got to pick on you. You got to pick on yourself. And so I'm in, I'm in the missional incarnational world, you yep. know, pioneering church planting, all that. I mean, you're the cool guy. You've got like, those are your, listen, you got the cool, cool beard. So no, I mean, not at all. yeah, no, you're, you're 10 times cooler than me. <laughs> and so, uh, except that you root for the Denver Nuggets, which, oh, oh my gosh, that's just, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, Listeners, sorry. by the way, I, I have a questionnaire for people who are on the show and I, anything else you'd like me to know. And Terry's thing was this very, very holy, very deep. The Houston Rockets are still ahead of you in championships. That's right. We have two. You have your first. Welcome to the club. Thank you. Um, yes. And oh, so, thanks. but you got, you got to, you got to poke fun of yourself. You got to be willing to take one on the chin. And I think one of the most loaded words that are being tossed around now um, is, is the idea of church. Yes. What is church yes. and micro church? And I did not pay for this placement, by the way, people I know. who are watching and listening, but this is what this whole podcast, I mean, and what, yes. what our conversations are about, right? A lot of times. That's right. Yeah. We, we talk about, oh, church. And I, I do, I'm very, I want to be flexible when I think about Ecclesia. And mm-hmm. so I want to be generous when we talk about what church is and what church could be. But I, I can admit and confess that I have brothers and sisters in my, my, my end of the pool mm-hmm. who are maybe a little too generous, mm-hmm. a little too flexible in saying this counts as church because I do, you know, we talk about, you know, one of the terms we'll throw around is, Oh, well, there's an ecclesial minimum. Ecclesial right, minimum, right? right. If you have these things, um, then thumbs up, you can be church. And, and again, I want to be generous and I want to be helpful, but uh, I mean, if everything is church, then nothing is church. And so there has to be something. So that's one of those that I think, and that's the one, you know, at the end of the day, community mission, all of those words, ah, we can get into an alley and fight it out and that's fine. Yeah. Church is the word though, that we have to be there. There's actually something to be lost in that word. I can, I can lose missional, like yeah. I can, cause I can explain what I mean about that kind of lifestyle and be able to like, yeah, we don't have to use that word anymore. Same thing with community fellowship, all of that. But if we lose the word church, if we lose that word, yeah. it makes it insanely different. And I've yeah. seen people try to lose it. Oh, well, it's a, a community, a faith community or yeah. a community of believers and all of those sorts of things. But I mean, church is, it's, it's a found, it's one of the foundational words in our language. Um, we have to really make sure that, and I don't want to get combative or fight for it. That's not my posture, but it is something It's like, okay, guys, let's, let's make sure that we don't like, let's not water it down so much that it means nothing. Yeah. I think we need to fight kind of together for, for it. What about like gospel or Christian, like I mean, you said church, like you can, you could lose missional. Like, what about the, yeah, that's a, that's a good, you know, uh, hmm. I think I've been one of the ones who have, who's thrown off the word gospel. Yeah. 
to the point where I hear it, I almost like, oh, can we find another word? Like, yeah. So, yeah. you know, because I do a lot of organizational uh, uh, training yeah. and working. Well, but it is a loaded term, right? So we have to. It's a very loaded term. It means people yeah. Are, yeah. Um, Christian. You know, people say, well, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm a Jesus follower. Or, I'm or, a, or like yeah. I say, people say, you know, gospel. I, I, so I'm a person of the good news. I, I'm not sure. I haven't yeah. landed either. I go, eh, yeah. you know, what do you mean? You know? Yeah. 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 And again, it's one of those words where, you know, language and, and I am not, uh, articulate at all. That's not, that's not, I'm not an, you know, really, Oh, I'm, I like, you know, Michael Frost, I, I read some of his work and I'm just like, how in the world can a human being be brilliant? Yeah. Brilliant. Right. And talk in that manner. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like I b- truly believe Mike must have had AI before everyone else did. And he's just some, some, <laughs> some, some computer AI. is spitting it. He, he is, is the AI, AI That's right. behind everything. That's yeah. right. And so it's, it's amazing that some people can speak and talk and like, I mean, just the way you grasp language. Yeah. I'm not that. My wife makes fun of me. I'm from Texas. I don't have a strong Texas accent, but I have, I grew up in inner city Houston. So I have, which is a melting pot. And yeah. I say certain words that my wife's like, you, you sound like you're from New York. How, like, you know, uh, on, I say on instead of on. And it's like on, we're online. And she's like, what? And then I, 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 I I'm I, from the Midwest. That's no normal online. Everything's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I can't, I, I, to me, a pen and pen that, right. you know, I, that's I, I, pen, I'll, I'll pen it in and, and write a pen. And, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Pen and pen. And so I have, I'm not, I'm not an articulate guy. So language to me, I don't, I don't lose sleep over language. Yeah. But, uh, there are, there are things that we have to be mindful of, of, yeah. of how we talk and speak about things. Um, and not just in pronunciation, but in like meaning and like substance. Yeah. Um, because if we don't, if we don't, if, if we just take language for granted, then it, it, it gives space for, I can't believe I'm talking about this. It, it, it gives space for you know, bad theology and, and you give room for people to create space around things that maybe aren't winsome for, for the kingdom. Yeah. It, it, it's not moving us forward in what God wants and it can be really, really damaging. And that, and that's where I think language can be harmful. Yeah. So let's come back to that pin we put in about like, can you, do you have some examples of that? Well, I, I, yeah, I do. And, and that, I apologize. That you're able to share without, yeah. yeah I, no, I apologize because the example that I can't, I, I almost feel like I have to get it out and we can cut this uh, and then get to something else. But I'm watching the Way Down uh, miniseries. Not oh, mini, yeah, uh, yeah. The documentary, Gwen Chamblin. Documentary, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Gwen Chamblin. And, you know, she, uh, she started the Way Down and the Remnant uh, Fellowship yeah. and yep. all of that. And just watching that, and we just finished this last night. and. I'm just, I'm the, the way that like what differentiates a church from a cult and theology and then how you interact and, yeah, you know, cause language is powerful. It is to paint a picture of the kingdom and King language is equally powerful in holding people submissive mm-hmm. and entangling them in really unhealthy harmful environments where yeah. they can, where abuse can, can kind of exist and, and, and be roughshod all over. And it's just really painful. And so I, you can see language in both ways. And so 
and that's where I just like, oh, thank God I'm not one of those, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to accuse me of being a cult leader because I can't, I can't speak, <laughs> you know, long enough without like, oh, this guy's a moron. Okay, yeah. we're good. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, you know, we'll move on. Yeah. But language yeah. is dangerous. And, and so, yeah. you know, powerful, the way you use words, sure. powerful. And because of his yes. power, it can yes. be. Dangerous. That's right. It can be dangerous. Yeah. That's right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah language is powerful. I like that. I mean, I think I think it 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 is. Um, what is? Oh, I can't remember who said it, but the pen is mightier than the word. And the, the sword. We, yeah. Yeah. The sword. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and it is this idea that the the written word, the 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 recorded word, which now because of podcasts and video and all these things are 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 what we just say off the cuff sometimes can be cemented as the written word and people take these things and, and, and you can twist them and use them. And, and that's where, you know, when there, I think there are a lot of people who are victims um, of the Bible being used as a weapon. Yeah. And, and because again, it's language is powerful. The written word is powerful. And when in the wrong hands with the wrong motives, it can really do damage. Yeah. And, and I think it's partly like, our interpretations of the language and of mm -hmm. the words and of the Bible, you know, yeah. are, yeah. All of that has, has power. Um, yeah. I was thinking some other ones in our culture today, for sure. Well, evangelical, mm -hmm. you know, I, I work at a, an evangelical seminary, you know, and, and so people, you know, we're a couple of colleagues and I were, we're reading a book right now about evangelical ism and going, are you evangelical? Well, what do you mean by that? You know, yeah. um, uh, woke, liberal, yeah, that's a, oh, that's conservative. A good one right so yeah. right now, and you know, in our climate, um, these these are loaded terms, and they they are automatic. They're shibboleths, which is uh, it was a, in the Old Testament. You know, those if you're listening, no, no, it's like this word that was used as kind of either you're in or you're out, or you know yeah. it, or it's almost like a secret code word kind of thing, and. And so, I mean, I think gospel can sometimes be that. I think inerrancy, you know, mm -hmm. can be that. But like, it becomes this thing of, um, I was talking to one of our uh, like fundraising people at Denver Seminary and uh, he said, people sometimes call, are you, are you going liberal or are you woke? And he's like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. You know, so it's so easy to just hear a word and like you said, cringe words, or we automatically shut down because of how they've been used in the past. Sometimes it's, mm -hmm. we have to help distance ourselves and, and go, okay, wait, what, you know, put some space because until we know what they mean by that. But other yeah. times I feel like we're also too quick to just cut down. Well, you use that word, you're out. That's right. So what are some things you do or that we can be doing to, to help recognize the power of language, recognize our use of language, be more um, charitable and generous in our conversations, even when people use words that make us cringe and yeah. or you have that gulp moment. Like, what do you what do, what works for you or how are you yes. growing in that practice? So the first thing you do is you delete Twitter and Facebook. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, first thing you do is unfriend all the people who disagree with you. That's, that's right. You that's it. Yes. Yep. You, you, yeah, that's right. That's very gospel centered. That's very yeah. gospel centered. Yeah. <laughs> let's use all of them it's, in a sentence. Like, let's use all yeah. the trigger words in one sentence to end this. That's right. Yeah. You know, but I do, I do think there is something about social media because, you know, um, people love to turn a phrase. And so someone will say something. I remember when progressive was the big word, like, oh, we're so progressive. Um, 
are relevant. Mm. That was a big relevant. One. Yeah. 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 And I, I remember, I remember sitting in a meeting, it was a, a net, a pastor's network meeting and someone stood up and said, and this was, this was back in the day of Brian McLaren. And so this is a while back. And yeah. I remember someone saying, if any, if you ever hear the word progressive, you need to run. Yeah. And I was just like, why? Like, what's wrong with that word? And it is, again, it's just like, because someone had had yeah. their, their feeling about it and all that. And so, yeah. you know, I, I do think there is something about the social media piece. I think you have yeah. to, um, I, I am a big, big proponent of, at least in my life, how I live as a practitioner in this, I, I'm not going to engage in a public yeah. social media platform around arguing words or thoughts or philosophies and all of that. Yeah. That I really, really believe we have to figure out. And this is the challenge in our, in a, in a world where, well, what happens if I disagree with someone who lives a thousand miles away and I'm like, well, yeah. oh, I, do I need to have a translocal? I need to be right. And yeah. just like, let it be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, 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 I really do believe relationships. Yeah. Like these are, these are the things that need to be discovered in the context of relationship. And I, that's the thing that grieves me about the church that's where we're, it feels like we're losing the relation, yeah. the relationship piece of being the body of God. Yeah. When you, when you, he, when you start to hear people talk about, I'm part of a church, I go to a church, I'm actively a member of a church and I feel lonely. Yeah. I don't know anybody. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. And, and, it, and I think it's because we've created places and systems and environments where we can participate, but you don't have to engage at a real relational level. Yeah. And because we lose that, we're quick to have our trigger words. Like, and, and I think we all have it, right? We all mm -hmm. have a bank of words that we find are cringy, um, that we find are triggering for us. And so for some people that, that word bank looks like, well, if you say the word woke or you say liberal, I'm going to have a visceral response to that. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that we have to do is one, we have to train ourselves to like, it's not a bad word. It's, you know, and, 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 and the vice versa. I don't know what the opposite of woke is, um, but uh, without being insulting, but um, but like if liberal triggers you, then, then you probably have no problem with conservative, you yeah. know, or vice yeah. versa. But it's like, how do we, how do we like learn to not have that visceral response? Yeah. It's only in relationship. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, how, how, who am I speaking with who has a differing view of me or who has a different interpretation of a word? And we can sit down. And so like one of my favorite relationships that I have is, which is, uh, uh, you met, I, you got to meet Jacob Hoyer yeah, uh, yeah. a couple months ago. And so I love Jacob. Uh, Jacob is a, is a Lutheran, uh, Lutheran tradition. And when we talk about baptism, you know, yeah, we, I, I love it. It's one, it's some of my favorite conversations. And, and we have different views. Like he's like, you know, like let, let's baptize that baby. And I come from more of a Baptist tradition where it's like, no, 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 we want, you know, it's like, let's make sure that they've made a decision and this is a reputation of their choice in choosing Jesus and all of that and submersion and all of that. And so, but it's funny, we have this beautiful relationship yeah. 
Yeah. And he's one of my dearest friends. I love him to death. Yeah. Um, and we can have very differing beliefs and, and we can come down on how we see it very differently. But at the end of the day, he draws me a little bit closer to him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if they, you know, if you're a parent and you want that, you want your baby to, to, to get wet, you know, it's like, well, we can, you know, we can do emergency swim and they, we do a quick full submersion, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, cause I'm a full submersion guy, you know, like, right. little baby. He's like, they'll survive, you know? Uh, now I don't know if Jacob's coming a little bit closer to my way, but it's one of those things where it's like in relationship, yeah, you can see the other person. Yeah. And it's not, but I've seen people have that conversation. I had a neighbor who was a staunch Presbyterian, very reformed. And when he found out I was a pastor, he was like, oh my gosh, it, I, I, I'm so excited to have a pastor who lives across the street from me. And we started building a relationship and I was at his house one day and I was looking uh, at his bookshelf and he had Doctrine by Mark Driscoll. And I'm yeah. like, hmm. oh, yeah. okay, I think... Yeah. And so then I start unpacking and it's like, oh, he's like hardcore Acts 29 reformed and all of that. And, but when he found out that I was not that, yeah, he, he changed and it, and yeah. it was weird. And it like, it put a damper in that piece. And it's because he was choosing his words, his definitions, his interpretations. He was putting that over relationship mm. And that, that grieved me. Yeah. It grieved me. And, and, and that's where I think these things, these things become where words and definitions can become dangerous. It's, it's, it's our yes. theology can become poisonous for people. And can be, become more important than the relationship of the thing. That's that right. You're saying. Yeah. Well, and, and I see like in, when we lived in denominationalism, denomin yep. denominational times, you kind of, you knew your tribe, it wasn't necessarily tribalism, but you kind of knew just, you know, you had kind of a shared language and a shared lifestyle. But now, you know, uh, everybody in our country, at least, is moving more. You know, you like any given church, even if it is, it has a denominational label, but certainly if it's non-denom, has a mix of people. So I think it's natural for us to want to find, how do I know who who to trust? Well, language is an easy, easy uh, very insufficient and sometimes incorrect, but s way to sort. Yeah. Well, expect, and we haven't got into this, the whole sexual ethic conversation. Yeah. There's a lot of words that are loaded when it yeah, comes to that, especially sure. like I want to, how is this church? What, you know, you look it up and, and really people are looking for websites. They're looking for words. Yes. I need to see this word on your website. Yes. So, and, and again, and I'm not getting into one way or the other, but that we, we have to, we, we see that a lot in the language. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, I'm looking for, if I, if I'm shopping for a church, Yep. I'm looking for a set of words. For and sure, yeah. Some of them are more social words. Some of them are theological words. Yeah. Um, some of them are cultural, you yeah. know, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, as a pastor or as a church planter, you, again, you have to be mindful. And it's heartbreaking because, you know, I think 20, 25 years ago, you could get away with, well, just don't have anything. Like if yeah. you're unclear, then you're safe. Yeah. But now we're moving more and more into where clarity matters so much yeah. that to be unclear on a stance or what you believe or what you say yeah. can actually do more damage than if you were to just to come right out and say, hey, here's where we have conviction on this. True. Or whether it's 
you know, sexual ethic, theological ethic, whatever yeah. it's, you know, you, you know, we all have what we believe, what we believe and how we, you know, operate based on that, but lots of words and websites. I mean, uh, it's, it's fun just to go look at pe- church websites and for just sure. you and, can tell and see so how they, much yeah, about... just how they are yeah. phrasing things and talking about things. Yep. And it's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm sure there's some, there's, I'm sure there's a service out there that, you know, it's like, hey, we help your church website, you know, navigate yeah. the language. I'm sure yeah. there are copywriters out there who yeah. are experts at this kind of thing. But yeah, I've talked with people who but, like, they'll move to another town. And uh, well, so I have a friend who moved to actually overseas to England for her husband's work assignment for several years. And she said, I don't know how to find a church because the Church of England is a completely, the, the idea that there's a national church, you know, and, and there's these other churches. And, and now everybody's changed their names of their churches. So they don't have First Presbyterian and, you know, That's Third right. Reform. And so you don't have the, oh, well, you just look for the Methodist church. And so they, they're all named generic, you know, just kind of Christianese yeah. terms. And so, so I just helped her over. We were actually on WhatsApp texting each other, messaging each other. And, you know, I was like, well, so... Uh, you know, she said, well, I'm looking at these three or four, we visited these places. And I said, okay, well this place, and just looking at their website without stepping foot, you know, traveling over across the pond, you know, I could tell her, well, this generally usually means this, you know, but so here's something you might want to ask about it and say, don't go there. But, you know, it's like, yeah, we just, we make these immediate judgments. And I, I think for me, the thing is two, two things like, um, what do you mean by that? But also, what do I mean by that? Why, why is it cringing to me? Or why am I so strong on why we have to use this word or be so clear about this definition? And when I'm more clear about it, uh, and um, it's less loaded for me because I've taken it out and kind of looked at it a little bit, then I can have the same conversation with you and go, Okay, well, what does that mean to you? And and get beyond just that gut level emotional reaction. Yeah, you know, and then go. Okay, what you know, like you said on Facebook or social media, I'll I won't I won't say just fight the terms. I'll just sometimes I'll just raise the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean to you? Or I I may have a different meaning, and to be okay with that sometimes. Yeah, I'm curious, uh, Angie. W- what are what what are your thoughts and feelings on the idea of you know different tribes denominations networks communities movements having you know building their own language is mm. it i mean what are i mean what are your thoughts do you do you see it as something that is helpful or i mean is it just a, a reality that I think you, it's you, a, I think it's an organizational reality. So okay. we haven't really talked about much about our organizational leadership sides of us because we get so caught up in eating portillos in Chicago and talking about right. how wonderful that is. But but my doctorate was actually on uh, organizational culture of churches, okay. and and like the idea of artifacts, language, and websites, all that, and what deeper values you know they speak to. But I think it's just a natural, like your family, I'm sure has inside jokes and terms that have certain meanings. Like That's right. people gather together, just start to develop a shared language of funny little things or um, things we don't talk about, you know, kind of thing. So I, I think it is a part of gathered and organized life together. So it's not bad in that, but I think it can, they can certainly be 
um, than delineators of who's in and who's out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in a in a good way. Well, they're not part of our family, so you don't get that joke, you know, yeah. kind of thing. But sometimes it can be an othering thing, mm -hmm. and like you said, harmful, not in a helpful way. Um, and I think it'd be fun, like rituals, traditions, all that kind of stuff. That's like insider things, and that's what cause sometimes is part of facilitating connection with people because we have something we've shared. We've been through this. We've yeah. got this. Remember that time or whatever. Or that term means, you know, you can, Dave and I, my husband and I, we can, there's so many words that we can just say and look at each other. And it, we just have this deep meaning, you know, yeah. either, either bonding us relationship or funny or kind of thing. Um, but I think, so they're powerful again, in both ways. Yeah. You mentioned inside joke and like kind of that, that shared, shared history yeah. and how someone on the outside how that makes them feel. And, and I, I mean, I, one of my favorite things in the world is just, I just enjoy laughing. And I yeah. think that's why, yeah. I think that's why I've been drawn to you as yeah. a friend, because we just, we cut up and we have, we just have a good time when we're, yeah. when we're chatting and hanging out. And um, so I love inside jokes and I love like moments. And it's like, you know, where you can, when you can look across the room and not say a word, right. but just exchange a, a look yes. and you're like, you know what I'm thinking. I know yeah. what you're thinking. Um, but like, there's a scene in the office, which I don't know if you're a fan of the office. Yes. Uh, I'm Actually, sure many of your listeners. I think, yeah, probably we're thinking of the same thing, but keep going. Yeah, it's, it's the, it's the scene where, where, uh, Jim and Josh, uh, are sharing a joke and, uh, Mike, Michael Scott just responds is like, Ooh, inside joke. I really hope to be a part of one of those. I, I, I want to be a part of one of those one day. I mean, it's just like, right. Oh, just yeah. heart wrenching. Because if you if you're a fan of the show, you know Mike's Michael Scott's greatest desire is just to be accepted. Yeah, he just wants to be a part of something that's bigger than himself. That's why he tries to make his workplace right. his so family. Hard. That's why right? so cringy. Right. Yes, he just wants. And, and again, it just that comment. And 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 it's funny when like so we'll onboard new team members in Forge. And we'll say, uh, we'll say something. It's like, oh yeah, you remember when Hugh was the national director and we talked about this and the, oh, that was an initiative that we were thinking through. And then we look and then there's like, there's like, you know, five new team members and, and they're, they're like blank. Yeah. And some of them are like, Hugh Halter was the national director of Forge America at one point. I'm like, oh yeah, we have different shared histories. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and it, 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 it is, it reminds me, it's like, okay, we have to be intentional. Yeah. And that's the thing I think. You know, even for Forge, we talk about language and license. It's mm. giving people a language and giving them license to go yeah. do the things that God wants them to do. So we we do put a big emphasis on creating shared language. But part of that work in any cultural anthropological work, you have to be committed to doing the work of helping people, everybody get the yes. language. And yeah. so that's where you have to do the painstaking work of helping people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you probably heard us say this, this is what we mean. Yeah. And really it's slowing down and making sure that, Hey, is everyone, everyone following, Yep. you know? And, yeah. and, and I yeah. think we live in a world where there are some personalities who I have a dear friend who, when, when we're in a moment, she has no problem saying, Oh, you guys keep saying that. What does that mean? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. You're new to the team. And we explain it. Yeah. And I'm super grateful for, for leaders that are like that. Yeah. But for every one of those leaders, there's probably four leaders who will just sit there and not say anything. Yeah. And they'll play the game in their head. They're like, okay, they said that. What did, you know, and they're trying to discern 
what that means. And yeah. they may or may not get to the end point that we have. And, and for some things, it may not be, it may be a little trivial, it may not be a big deal. Yep. But for other things, it could be really significant things that the longer we go on presumed understanding that yes. when we're speaking, we know we're on the same page that, you know, 2% here yep. down the road can be really, really 2% sure. can be really, really far apart. And yeah, so sure. that's part of just being mindful. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be intentional about building a language for your church or community, or whatever, you have to make sure that you're giving people the space to yeah. wrestle with it, embrace it, understand it. And you're not just taking it for granted. Cause I do think that's one of the things we take for granted all the time is our yeah. language. Yeah. I, think I that's say right. this, yeah. you know what I mean? I shouldn't have to explain myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing to ha necessarily just the fact of it, I think can be a natural thing, but what we do with it, you know? And mm. so like, I, you know, you and I both been to probably gatherings uh, or conferences where you feel like I'm at somebody else's family reunion. Yeah. You know, 100%. and, and it's so like, okay, that's fine. That's their thing. That's not my people. But there's other times where I feel like intentionally, or, you know, that, like it's, it's used as a, as a bludgeon or a divider intentionally, not unintentionally, but just being aware of it, I think, and continuing to yeah. I, just really examining our language and knowing the power of it, I think is the biggest, biggest yeah. piece for that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's helpful. I think we could talk. I'm looking at the clock. I'm going, Oh, see now, like we need to meet in Chicago again and, and That's uh, right. yeah, go for Chicago dogs or something. Yeah. Um, you are, uh, the co-host of the forge America podcast, um, mm -hmm. and of which I am an honored four time, almost That's five right. times guest. Um, so, so by going to uh, Forge America website, they can link to all that stuff, right? And some of the That's stuff right. you're doing. Are there other things you're working on or places people can find you, follow you, see what you're thinking about and working on? Yeah. I mean, Forge America, that, that's kind of my, that has my heart. Yeah, that has my heart. That's when I wake up, that's the work that, that comes to mind that we're doing. And so ForgeAmerica.com, you know, social media, reach out, uh, you know, Terry Ishi, Terry always with a Y. Um, never with an eye. Um, you can find me. I mean, I do a lot of other things, you know, I, I, I'm really kind of moved into a season of life where, you know, uh, Forge America is my primary thing, but I'm doing some things with Sequoias and coaching organizational leadership and all of those sorts of things. But yeah, helping people cultivating missional practitioners is really the thing that I wake up every morning excited to get That's to awesome. do. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for being my first guest, my first recording. Yes. This has been super fun. This yeah. is amazing. I'm so excited for this podcast. I think it's going to be a blessing to the tribe, to the church. And that's awesome. Uh, I, I just from this conversation, I can't imagine what what conversations you have kind of, you know, in between your ears that you've got for the future. So Ooh, it's going to be got fun. Some fun ones coming up for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Terry. You Good bet. To see you. Hey, friend. Thanks for joining me today. If you've liked this episode, I'd encourage you to share it with a friend or a fellow ministry leader. And if you enjoy the Big C Church podcast, I'd be grateful if you would go to wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a positive review. Thanks so much for listening.